All right, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the All Portable Discussion Zone. It's a bi-weekly live stream all about amateur radio portable ops. My name is Charlie, call sign is November Juliet 7 Victor. And with me this evening are the show's two co-hosts, Dan, KC7MSU, and Brian, W7JET. And I am also pleased to introduce to you tonight's guest, Heather, KJ7YUG from Arizona. And of course, as always, we have our regular characters in the chat room. Uh, we welcome you and uh, hope you enjoy the show. If you have a comment or a question, please go ahead and, and throw it in the chat, and I'll try to do my best to get it up and, and get Heather to answer it. Uh, don't forget that this show does get converted over to a podcast about 24 hours after the show, so don't so you can find that on on most of the uh, normal podcast players. And uh, let me uh, just hop right in then and and uh, start with maybe Brian, and and we'll talk about what we've been up to in the last uh, little bit since we we've, we've last met. Go ahead, uh, uh, Brian. Hey there, everybody. So uh, really, for me, it's mostly been work and getting acclimated to all the things that I need to know to do my new job. Um, so it's been busy, exciting. So, um, let's see, I think, uh, I've, uh, probably logged about three or 400 at this point, emergencies in the simulator and in the airplane, different things. It's never fun in the simulator because the airplane is always broken. You're always doing it with something not working right. And, you know, uh, high stress, high anxiety situations doing your thing. Um, got a little bit of ham radio going, mostly just, uh, chasing from home because I really haven't had time to get out on the summits lately. And um, looking forward to Dayton. I did actually get a little bit of a break, so I'll be heading off to Dayton. So for those of you that'll be in Dayton, I'll be getting in there on Wednesday. Nice. Dayton, the mecca of ham radio, right? <laughs> yes. Definitely. Yes. It's it, if you're if you're active in the hobby, you should go at least once in your life. It is absolutely worth it. This will be my second trip. I was there in 2013 when it was still at the uh, Har Arena. Yeah, back in those days. Cool. All right, uh, Brian, thanks. Uh, Dan, what about you? Well, let's see. I've been uh, doing a little bit of chasing here from the house. Uh, let's see what else. Um, enjoyed two whole days of unemployment uh, this past week before uh, starting getting ready to start a new job tomorrow. So that uh, should be interesting. And uh, hopefully going to be finishing up an antenna, uh, NFED antenna here yet this afternoon. So that's kind of what's going on for me this week. Cool. All right. So for me, I'm also going to Dayton. And uh, so I'm excited about that. Uh, I've kind of just been doing a little, I think I went and did uh, just recently an activation, uh, actually a series of activations out in uh, the White Mountains with Chris and one CLC. Uh, I think it was last weekend or the weekend before. And we hit, I think we did, we hiked up to the top of four different mountains and did some great uh, activations. Stayed in a cabin with him out there in the White Mountains. Man, was it beautiful. So, but yeah, now I'm, st I'm shifting gears, preparing for Dayton. And then the week after Dayton is uh, a Memorial Day weekend, and uh, I'm going to be participating in the Ham Fest, the YouTubers Ham Fest. Let me share my screen here real quick and uh, show you what I'm talking about. Um, <clears throat> so we have uh, down here at the bottom, uh, there's two, two prom uh, promos right here. Um, on my channel for the uh, YouTubers Ham Fest. Plus, I will be interviewing the uh, more uh, Keith or Kurt. I mean, uh, for Morse Code Ninja, and then also I'll be interviewing um, the uh, creator of the CW Hotline and V Band. Uh, but uh, the YouTubers Ham Fest is a is a basically a three 
full day, uh, full days of uh, live streams, actually two and a half days of live streams. All the YouTubers get together and it's, it's just ham radio nonstop, all kinds of interviews with some of the uh, vendors and uh, manufacturers and just people that know uh, a lot more than we do about the hobby. So uh, with that, I want to make sure I want to share my uh, that uh, promo with you guys. Uh, before we get in to talk to Heather. So, um, and then we'll, then the rest of the, the show will be uh, nothing but Heather, I promise. So uh, what we're going to, uh, what we did was we, I think it was probably 10 different people that contributed to a script. We all recorded the, the script front to front, uh, top to bottom. We all submitted it to somebody and then that person just took bits and pieces of it. That's available and has probably been played multiple times. I'm just going to show you the, my script, the one that I recorded. And uh, you, I think uh, Heather's seen it already, and a few of you have. It's available on the website. But I wanted to play that again. So I'm going to bring that up, and, and that's going to be my promo for this show. Let me see if we can play it here. Hold on. Now that all the conventions are opening back up, we're not going to have a YouTuber's ham fest. Now nah, that means we're going to be hamming harder this year. This is NJ7V, hamming harder. Nah, that just means we're going to be hamming harder this year. W7NRS, NJ7V, hamming harder. NJ7V, this is W7NRS. I'm standing right next to you. This is not hamming harder. Announcing the third annual YouTubers Ham Fest 2022, Chasing the Grey Line. No, not chasing Greyhound buses. Yeah, we're chasing those elusive DX contacts. Hayden? Why aren't you in my log yet? Please join us Friday, May 27th through Sunday, May 29th to take a look at some of your favorite radios, antennas, cables, and let's not forget about all of your favorite ham radio gadgets. Did somebody say solar panels? Along with interviews from ICOM, Yesu, ARRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRRR
maybe, maybe it was two years. I can't remember what that whole COVID year. I don't know what happened there. I feel like I lost a year of my life. I think it was during that time I got certified and I am a mom and a wife. I have two kids. I am a health coach. I'm a life coach. And I just, I love it. I love what I do. I love hanging out with people. I love teaching about health. I've been down in Sun Lakes. Um, last weekend, I last Monday, I was there teaching a workshop on how to detox your body with whole foods. I'll be back down there at their library area the following Monday, next Monday, um, on conquering depression. So just I'm in and out of the community here and there giving wellness workshops and my ham radio lunches twice a week with the guys and few of the girls show up too. It's a lot of fun. So that's just a little bit about me. Cool. Well, how, how did you get started with, with ham radio itself? I mean, what, what got you interested? Yeah. So in my church, they, they asked me if I would be kind of in charge of the emergency preparedness arena within my, my ward, my area here in my church. And so I figured I want to do this right. I better learn how to get all of the emergency prep stuff going. So ham radio was just kind of speaking to me in my head. Um, my uncle, I had a couple of uncles who were way into ham radio. They loved it. Oh, and really? I'm car- I'm just carrying on the legend of doing the ham radio stuff. So it took me a while, actually. I didn't, the, the questions were actually fairly hard for me to, to memorize and stay on top of. So it took me probably a good six to eight months to even be ready to take that test to get my technician. I'm, I'm now working on my general, but uh, I did it and I'm done. So now what I do is I bring people who want to come to my home, who are who co- go to my church or in my community here, and we just do ham radio study groups a couple times oh. a month and just teach nice. them how to do it. So just trying to get as many people communications prepared as possible in case there's a disaster in the area. So that's awesome. That's yeah. great. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, emergency preparedness. Uh, I understand that you have a, a podcast on that or something similar, right? So yes, in 2020, it was probably November time. I just felt it's time to like really get the word out and teach people how to be more prepared, whether it was with food storage or water supply, medical supplies, sewage, all things emergency prep. So I put together a nice little just emergency prep podcast. And I haven't been on there weekly, but we have about 32, 33 episodes on there on just some good emergency prep stuff. I brought on some guest speakers to talk about uh, kind of some signs of the times stuff just some, maybe even some conspiracy theory stuff, because we like to talk about that stuff too. But whatever pertains to getting yourself prepared for the last days or whatever could happen, the zombie apocalypse, I don't know, we kind of (laughs) just talk about it all on that podcast. And it's called Sound the War Cry. Okay, let me share my screen here real quick. And I'll I'll show everybody that podcast. So just so we have it here. So it's right there. That's it. And if I scroll, then you can see some of the topics. So cryptocurrency yeah. and food storage. Good. Yeah, good. First aid, all of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. All right. Cool. Yeah. All right. So um, Dan and Brian, do you have any questions at the moment? Well, well I was kind of curious so far in your ham radio as you've been going along, what's the most uh, interesting thing that you've discovered so far? In ham radio, um, the people are the most interesting <laughs> of, all the ham ra- of all the people in all the world. The ham radio people are the most interesting people, in my you opinion. Can, you can say that. 
kidding. <laughs> they are. And I, I'm fascinated. I'm still trying to pick up the lingo. And whenever I don't understand, like something simple, like two meter versus 10 meter, they'll sit and draw it out for me. And they'll explain that these are wavelengths and this and that. And they just, they draw it all out. They're very intelligent. They're some of the most intelligent people I've been in around in my life. So um, I just like being in ham radio. I think it's just a fun group of people that make you feel welcome, make you feel like you're part of the family. They're willing to teach you when you don't know something. And that's interesting to me, I guess. Yeah. And I'm still learning. I didn't know that you have to have something called an HF, which is a big rig at your house, right? In order to host a net or whatever people do. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so there's a lot I still don't know about ham radio. I have to just kind of listen to the lingo and then write it down and ask a lot of questions. Cool. Well, that does, you're, you have the right attitude for sure to be a good ham radio uh, yeah. operator. So, Brian, you. I saw you had a question. If you unmute yourself, you can ask. So as far as the, uh, the hobby is concerned, like what direction other than preparedness do you want to go on? What other stuff do you want to try out? As far as ham radio goes, what other stuff do I want to try out? Yes. Yeah. I kind of would love to do some more Morse code or just learn Morse okay. code. I have a very big interest in that. It's kind of on the back burner. It comes and goes because I started going back to school to get my bachelor's. And so it's wherever I can fit it in the cracks of my life right now. But Morse code, very interesting. Um, Doug Pelly has mentioned coming out to my house and setting up some kind of antenna. I don't know. I'd, mm -hmm. I'd have to get the HF rig or whatever you guys all talk about. I don't know. <laughs> so, so it sounds like, um, this is the direction I'm going is, is figuring out. And we've talked about a 4am net for anyone who wants to wake up at 4am and we do health and nutrition. We all go on our jog together. We got our radios and that, that's the future of health coach Heather with, <laughs> with radio, I guess, starting go. a net at 4am. No one's going to show up, but I will no. be there. <laughs> Maybe somebody will. I'm up at four. <laughs> Are you yeah. up at four? Oh, yeah. My 4 a.m. are right there. Yeah. Early birds. Okay. So let's get a little bit more into the health uh, aspect of things. I wanted to ask you, I, I noticed on one of your social media feeds that you uh, do like to go out a little bit. So what uh, are some of the most recent outdoor adventures that you've done uh, or some of the, your favorite adventures in outdoors that you've done late, uh, in your life? Well... This morning, I went on a 40-minute walk with my dog around the block, and that was an outdoor adventure. We did, I do that every single day. But I would say the most fun recently has been Zion's National Park. Have you guys ever been there? Zion's oh, yes. yes. One of my favorites. Isn't it beautiful? You just it's got these tall red rocks all around you. There's so many places to explore. Even when the park is packed, you feel like you're the only one there. You can go off on your own. And so uh, my husband and I did that just a month ago. In April. Oh, really? That that recent? Cool. Yeah. It's an and amazing place. We did. We found a couple of, of hikes that we kind of just detoured off on our own. And it was just us out there. It was pretty darn cool. They have a hike that nobody knows is not on the map. It's called Many Pools. So write that down. If you're ever in Zions, try to Many find pools. that one. Because you're hiking different tiers. And at every tier, there's just another pool of water. And it, it goes up pretty high, pretty far. You go pretty deep in the canyon. It's kind of fun. So awesome. science is, um, that was my most recent, my husband's done rim to rim to rim, um, in grand Canyon. He did that with some buddies. I, I did part of the grand Canyon, just a hike down there. We've done Bryce Canyon. We we've done Yellowstone a couple years back, some places in Montana. 
Um, and that's just probably okay. a handful of this, of the stuff I've done within the past year or two. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned your husband. And so, yeah. uh, this is the first question that's, that, uh, that's maybe make you think a little bit or maybe not. Um, how, uh, so people who are, well, first of all, let me just say this. One of the reasons that we brought you on the show today was because, um, it seems like, uh, pretty frequently I get people saying, Oh, I, I see that you do summits on the air. I would love to do summits on the air, but I'm just not there yet. I, I need to do something to prepare a little bit. Um, and so we'll talk a little bit about that, but uh, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. You mentioned your husband, and I know you have a couple of kids. Uh, question is, how important do you think it is for everybody in the family to be on board with uh, changing your, your health and, and a fitness lifestyle? Well... It depends on how fit your kids are in the first place. If they are in an obese or overweight state, it's probably pretty darn important to get them on board with a clean eating plan themselves. We're seeing kids as young as eight years old even having type 2 diabetes. So it just depends on where you're at. And my kids aren't the super healthiest of eaters, but we teach it. We preach it pretty hard and they know. And so it's not kept in my house. I don't have a lot of junk in here, but they find it. They find a way to get it. So I think you just keep reminding the kids and you want your kids to always know how to be active. So you get them involved in certain things to get their cardiovascular up so they can do some funner hikes with the family members. But it's not, I wouldn't say it's totally critical that everybody's on board with, with everything that you're doing. My family certainly kind of just chooses what they want to do and leave behind what they don't. But overall, because they've maintained a certain level of health and, and nutrition, they're able to do so much more than other kids their age are doing yeah. because they do go out riding their bikes and they go on walks, they go to the gym. Uh, my son loves to play racquetball over at the clubhouse and tennis. And so you just try to get the kids as active as you can from an early age. And they, they tend to love that. Video games do get in the way and friends love that too. And that's fun. But you try to um, negotiate the video games with the clean eating and the the healthy exercise and things like that. So not but super it, important that they're all on board, but you you kind of maintain that lifestyle within your home and it works out. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I was I was uh, my wife and I um, sometimes we're on the same pa same page and sometimes we're not. But yeah. I really I really appreciate it when Sandy and I are kind of trying to work towards the same goals because then we can kind of help each other. Um, but like you said, probably isn't isn't. Uh, like, like a deal breaker if they don't, or it's, it's like not super important, but at the same time, it, it is helpful, I think, right? It sure makes it easier to have an accountability partner, like doing it with you, getting healthy, losing weight. It, it makes the whole thing so much easier for you, but it's also good for you if someone's not doing it with you to learn how to manage your brain around food, uh -huh. just to learn how to like, do it yourself. Because when you can learn the skill of just figuring out nutrition and health for yourself, you can maintain. Once you lose the weight, you can maintain and you can feel amazing the rest of your life. Then you have this longevity of energy, focus, mental clarity, sleeping better at night. Everything just gets so much better when you figure it out for yourself. And then you start bringing others along because they see how good that you feel. They want that too. Gotcha. So it is nice to have the accountability partner, but it's not always the way it is, huh? In yeah, the house. Yeah. yeah. Dan O'Brien, anything? I, I know I, I kind of struggle with, with that too. And, uh, I'm 
sure I'll get a lot out of this today because uh, I'm I'm one of those type two uh, diabetics out there, and uh, with uh, summits on the air, I like to do a lot of hiking. I, you know, walk quite a bit nowadays. But um, I guess you know is is that probably one of the biggest things that you see? You know, why people reach out and contact you for for assistance is is that, or is it? primarily, you know, how to figure out how to make that life change to be able to fit more fitness types of things and in, in, into their lifestyle. I get a really good mix of both. So I get one group coming to me who, who has more of type two diabetes, maybe an autoimmune disorder. They're in a lot of pain. Their joints don't work good. A lot of inflammation in the body. And those people just want to get the weight off fast. So they they, I put them on a program and they lose the weight quickly and they can get off about 10 to 12 pounds a month. If they're really focused and um, doing what they need to do, they'll get it off pretty fast. It's a matter of maintaining it after that. So now we got to teach you how to like really get the habits solidified for long-term yeah. success. And those small habits, especially for type two diabetics is really, can, can I cut the whole weed out? And I know that doctors tell diabetics, Hey, eat the whole wheat, get the whole wheat, whole wheat, this whole wheat, that, but whole wheat actually will spike that blood sugar even more than sugar will, which is crazy. So I tell my diabetics, let's just cut out sugar and whole wheat and let's see how you do. And they do a lot better without having the wheat in their body. So, and then if we're talking about exercise, a good brisk walk, maybe a moderately paced walk, 20 to 40 minutes, 40 minutes a day would be awesome. 20 in the morning, 20 at night is just going to help you maintain a nice level of cardiovascular so that you can summit and you can go slow and you can just get up that mountain without feeling like you're huffing and puffing all over the place. But you got to also be consistent with the walking if you're going to do that. Cool. So that's what I would say about that. I do. And then my other, I have life coaching clients who come to me and they're, they're more of a, I have depression, I have anxiety, I'm struggling in my relationships, my marriage is failing, my, I hate my kids. It's a lot of that kind of stuff. And they just need a life coach to help them get through some of that tough stuff. They're doing a lot of emotional eating. So that's where I help them on a deeper level. And they work with me for three months and they're coaching for an hour on the phone a week. And it's a more intense, we're putting them on a very gut healing protocol. Um, and I look at their blood type. I look at everything so that we can know exactly how to help them the best way. So, cool. so those are my people who want the deeper work. And then my people who come just for weight loss, um, I put them on a program called Optivia. You might've heard of that. And so they just, it's easy. It's convenient. They don't have to think about their food. It's all just sent to their house type of, of program. And then I transition them into whole foods from there so that they can get into a whole foods way of eating and a lifestyle as they get the weight off. But really it's about getting that inflammation off their body so they can get out of pain. They don't have to take as many medications. If they can wean off completely, that's the, that's the goal. And I see that happen all the time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let me just remind uh, people in the chat, if you have a question for Heather, go ahead and ask it. And then uh, Brian, did, did you have a question you wanted to ask? No. I'm good at the moment. Okay. I'm still saying, right, I'm, cool. I'm thinking of stuff. Don't worry. I'll, I'll fill in where you guys don't have questions. <laughs> That's fine. Um, so I guess let's get to the crux of this. If I wanted to get in shape to do summits on the air, um, I know it's going to be different for everybody, but is there some general rules that you would give uh, people to, to start preparing? 
Well, I talked to my husband about this and climbing mountains is a lot different than anything else, isn't it? So he likes to train on the stair stepper at the gym where he's kind of, or an incline treadmill where he's just training on that for maybe, you know, you might go at a, a 15 incline, which is the highest that it gets. And you might do that for three minutes at a very slow pace and then go back to a flat for probably another three minutes. And you just would probably alternate between that. That would help the, the 20 to 40 minute walk every day at a moderate pace is really going to help get your heart rate up. Um, are you talking about like fitness as far as working out or nutrition? Well, I think it's everything because, yeah. you know, we, we, well, so again, it, it comes from people constantly telling me, Hey, you know, I'd, I'd love to do summits on the air, but, and then, I, I mean, I never really get into their, the reasons that they can't, and I, I, you probably know more, uh, about what reasons people might have to, you know, that they can't you know, hike a summit than I do, but, yeah. but, uh, whatever they are, I don't know what I I'm that's, uh, well, if they're at a, like a place where they're not moving very much right now anyway, and they're in a lot of pain, it, we basically can just get that inflammation down with diet and nutrition. So one thing a lot of people are doing, and I talked to you about this, Charlie, is they're doing some intermittent fasting. And I'm sure a lot of your viewers have heard of intermittent fasting, but the way that I teach it is a little bit different. Instead of eating two meals at night, you know, where you're eating something really big at night and you're fasting in the morning. I teach it more. You eat breakfast like a king, lunch like a queen and dinner like a pauper. And sometimes paupers don't eat anything. So if you're not hungry in the evening, don't feel like you have to eat. That's the way that America has been taught. Like we all sit at the dinner table and we have a big, huge meal, but that's caused more problems for my clients than anything else. Because now they've eaten a big, huge meal they go in their bedroom, they turn on the Netflix, they watch a crime show, their body's kind of in this, this raced state anyway. And that cardiac sphincter just opens up. And now the acid reflux is coming up. They don't know why they have acid reflux. And it's because they ate so much at night. And they really should just flip that. So eat your biggest meal in the morning, your digestion's burning at its hottest between, I don't know, sometime between the hours of 10 and 2pm. But if you just have a nice big meal there and then you wait five to six hours and you're not snacking in between and then you have a medium sized meal and then you have five to six hours in between and then you have something small at dinner, which could be just a cup of bone broth. It could be a cup of soup. It could be some steamed veggies with some grass fed butter on it, just something light. And then you're in pretty much a fasting state, an 18 hour fasting window from that point on till you eat your breakfast again. And I've just found it's worked out so good for people. So that's where, that's where I would start somebody at with nutrition and I would try to get them to balance their plate better. A lot of times it's too heavy on the carbohydrates and you know, here in the United States, we are carbohydrate lovers. What do we have for breakfast? Cereal, pancakes, bagels, toast, muffins, donuts, like that is heavy carbohydrate with the sugar. What do we have for lunch? Sandwiches, pizza, bready stuff right? And then what do we have for dinner? Pasta. It's, it's carb, 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 carb. And now our body is just storing all this fat because you're not burning it off. And that's where we have a lot of inflammation in the body. And over time, that's where we get a lot of problems with diabetes or insulin resistance or whatever else is, goes on that could possibly come up. A lot of autoimmune issues come up with that too. So just kind of knowing how to balance your plate, eat breakfast like a king, lunch like a queen, dinner like a pauper. 
you can get that inflammation off. And now when you're feeling good, you have more energy to train. So now we can train you the right way to summit your heels and then you'll feel great. You'll have energy. You'll have focus. You'll be able to do it better. So you get on a training plan where maybe you're just walking at a heart rate zone level two. And that's basically, what is that? 180 minus your age. And you keep your heart rate right there. And I would even wear the heart rate monitor. The one that straps to your chest is the most accurate. And try to stay in that zone right there. And then eventually you start training to where you maybe do some high intense exercises where maybe you get up to your max heart rate, which is 225 minus your age. And so maybe you're doing a sprint for 30 seconds, all out, all you got running for your life. And then you slow it down and you do a three minute walk and then you sprint again. Then you slow it down and you do that six times. That would only take you about 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and you'd be done with your workout for the day. And if you did that every day, you would be in a fit, fit state. You would lose weight. You would feel great. You wouldn't be on medications because your body was actually meant to heal itself by itself if you give it the right conditions. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. They don't understand that the body was actually designed to do that. But instead, when people get sick or there's a problem, they go straight to their doctor. They don't know. And so the doctor puts them on a medication. And now we're on medications. And how long has it been? And what's the definition of insanity? Is doing the same thing over and over, taking the same medication, expecting different results. It's not coming. And then all we know about uh, medications nowadays is they just change the form and location of disease in the body. They don't actually treat the root cause. So my job as a health coach is to really help people get to the root cause. Let's treat that. Let's heal that. Let's wean you off your medications if that's possible. And let's get you feeling your best so you can have quality of life for the rest of your life. Yep. I am I am so glad that breakfast is my favorite meal of the day now. So (laughs) omelets and bacon. I -hmm. hear that calling me right now. (laughs) High protein. Yeah. If you can just remember, if I can get some good protein and good fat in the morning, maybe I make a big huge omelet with four eggs, some spinach, some mushrooms, some peppers, and I just have a nice big hearty omelet. That's a great breakfast. You could balance that out with a little bit of oatmeal or some yogurt. That's maybe a Greek plain yogurt with a drizzle of raw honey on the side. You would be sitting pretty good. That would, you have to fill yourself enough up to sustain you five to six hours. So you're not snacking in between. And that's how we really get the body working the way it's supposed to work. But when we keep feeding the body in between meals, it's almost like poor digestion never gets a break. And so it's not doing it right. Go ahead. I I know. I know when I have breakfast in the morning, like an omelet and stuff, I tend to not really even eat lunch. And then, you know, then that's when I eat a light dinner. If, if I don't have a breakfast like that, then I tend to just eat all day long. It seems like. Mm, That's the perfect, you just said it right there for you. If you eat breakfast big like that, it will sustain you. You'll feel good. And then you have maybe your second meals at two o'clock in the afternoon instead of noon. Maybe you ate at 8 a.m. And then you ate again at 1 or 2 p.m. And then you waited. And if you needed something in the evening, you would. If you didn't, you just don't. You don't have anything in the evening. Or maybe you have a little smoothie or a little protein shake, but maybe just half a scoop. Maybe it's not the full scoop. You just have something light, something that you don't need to really digest too much of, if that makes sense. So uh, Scout75 says that he's been doing this King Breakfast thing uh, for years, and he says it works well for me. Uh, And I would say I've been doing it for weeks, I don't know, two weeks, three weeks, maybe, uh, after talking to you. 
mm-hmm. and it's working well for me. I have uh, I've lost weight, and I actually do feel better. And I've had this acid reflux thing that is pretty much uh, it. Partly with the a medication I'm starting to take, but also just the the meals and stuff like that. It's pretty much gone away or almost gone away. So, and I, I just sleep better too. It's it's uh, definitely. Uh, I've been seeing results from that. Just, just that simple thing, changing the diet that way and making sure it's more balanced and, and king, queen, popper thing. Yep. So interesting. I'm glad you reported back on that. That is really interesting to me to hear feedback because, you know, this is stuff that our government or the FDA or the World Health Organization, they don't, they don't preach this. They, they preach the big meal in the evening and they preach a lot of wheat and a lot of soy, a lot of corn, because what do we grow most of here? Corn. The corn and the soy and the wheat. And what are the crops that are sprayed the heaviest? The corn, the wheat, and the soy. Um, so this is why you see a lot of gluten sensitivity now. We have aisles in the grocery store just dedicated to gluten sensitivity people because that wheat, is it's been hybridized. It's been sprayed glyphosates numerous times, and the body just can't process it. There was a time and a place where they had einkorn wheat, and they had spelt, and they had all these, they have kamut. You can still get these, these grains, and they haven't been sprayed. You have to order them specialty online, but they, it's, they're harder to get, and they're more expensive. But if you're going to eat grains, I would go for something like that and try to go for a sourdough where it's been fermented and then your gut can digest it a lot better than just the wheat that we have here in the United States. Yeah. I was laughing earlier uh, with this comment here. 180 minus my age is getting close to a negative number <laughs> when you were talking about the health and <laughs> the, the heart and stuff. No, you're not that old, are you? He might be. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not that old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I have a couple more questions here, but yes. uh, Dan and Dan and Brian, do you have anything you want to add at this point or, or other questions that you have before I move yeah, on? Yeah. I was going to um, ask, you know, what, what's the most important things in general, you know, small things that, you know, everybody equates doing these things with big changes. So what's, what's the small things that people I'll tell you probably the do most to, to not miss out. Yeah. Do not, under any circumstance, miss out on your seven to eight hours of sleep or seven to nine hours. Now, some people boast, like President Reagan did and Margaret Thatcher did, Prime Minister of the UK, on sleeping for five hours a night. And how did they end their latter years of life? It was severe Alzheimer's and dementia. And so this is one thing I try to teach people, especially as they're getting older, um, because they think that they're doing okay on six hours. And that's kind of a deception the body gives you. You really need to aim for that seven to nine hour window every single night. And there's three, there's three, there's three time windows where you can get that. That's either the 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. That's my 4 a.m.ers who get up. So you're in bed by 8 p.m. That's early, right? Or it's nine to five or it's 10 to six. That's your only options. You go to bed past 10 and now the good hormones, the serotonin, the melatonin, we've got arginine and vesitocin. We have all these great stuff that cannot balance in the body. And when those hormones get imbalanced, especially as you're aging, we just, we're out of whack. We have all kinds of problems. More cravings come on than ever before, or we're up and down with our mood. Energy levels come and go. So if we wanna balance the hormones the right way, we have to get that sleep 
That's number one. Number two is I would say 99% of my clients, they're not drinking enough water. They think they are, but they're not drinking enough water. You have to be drinking, probably if you're a man, at least 100 ounces, maybe 80 to 100, like 80 minimum. My females can get away with 64 ounces minimum. It's usually half your body weight in ounces of water per day. And that's a good tip to give. And I I also like to put Celtic salt in my water because Celtic salt has 82 minerals. And that's where I get my electrolytes from. And I just put a teaspoon of that in a 20 ounce bottle of water every day. And I feel like my energy levels are great. I've never, ever had to drink coffee or energy drinks or anything to like get me going and sustain my energy because I've taken care of my health. I've, I've drank in my water, gotten my electrolytes in. And really, that's what your body's supposed to do. It'll work for you when you give it what it needs. You don't have to depend on any stimulants to get you going or keep you going. The body was meant to like heal itself and be perfect if you just give it what it needs. So that's really what I would say the two things, the two main things are sleep and water. Then we can start talking about fitness and nutrition. So I would get those two things down first and then we'll start talking the other stuff. Okay. Here's a question here real quick. It's actually a statement, but there's a question in there, I think, from Kent. He says, I always wake up at two and can't go back to sleep. Is there any advice or anything that uh, you can say to him that might help him? I think one of the things people get frustrated is with is sleep. And if they are waking up in the night, the worst thing you can do is get frustrated and angry that you're not getting your sleep. That just makes it even worse. So I would take a look at my bedtime routine, first of all. And I would say, am I looking at a screen an hour before bed? Do I have like all the devices off? Am I sleeping with my phone on airplane mode next to me? A lot of people don't realize their EMFs coming off of their phone and their devices can keep them awake and can get them awake in the middle of the night. Do I have blackout curtains? Do I have a fan for white noise? That helps you get into a nice deep sleep. Is my bedroom temp cold enough? You know, they say the best bedroom temperature is 63 to 67 degrees. That's oh, cool. I'll tell you what, my bedroom is at least that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So That's those a- people can get a deeper sleep when it's cold and you have a nice warm comforter over you. Um, you want to just check, you got to check your, your surroundings. Do I have a lot of clutter and junk in my room? Am I, am I really stressed before I go to bed? Am I watching a lot of crime shows or things that heighten my, my senses at night? Um, Am I drinking too much water before bed and it's causing me to wake up to use the bathroom a lot? Can I cut that off at a reasonable time? Can I do some more deep breathing meditation-like stuff as I get into bed or some easy stretches for my body that help relax my body? So we look at all of these things. We take all of this into account when, when someone says they're not sleeping. But I do find that some people, they get woken up between the hours of two to four in the morning. And we call these the witching hours, if you've never heard of them. So this is basically a time frame where maybe your dreams are starting to come in and they're supposed to, and you just wake yourself up. I would just lay there and do some deep breathing and just relax yourself back and just lay there until it's time to get up. That's what I would do until you train your body that we're not getting up at 2 a.m. We can get up at 3 a.m. as long as we've gone to bed early enough. But otherwise, I would just stay in bed and focus on some meditation, breathing. A lot of people will 
will think of every single body part from their toes all the way up to their head and just they'll think relax relax the fingers relax the toes relax you just relax every muscle in your body you'll find that it starts to relax you you'll go back to sleep cool so try that and report back all that <laughs> stuff yeah. yeah brian anything else you still good you got some i gotta unmute The mouse was be was misbehaving. So okay. I was going to ask you, what are, what are, what's uh, you think is the single most important thing you wish everybody knew about wellness? This is it right here. I wish that everybody knew that the body could heal itself by itself if you give it the right conditions. A lot of people don't know that. And that's why they rely on a doctor so much or they rely on anybody who will tell them what to do. And instead, they could take the matters into their own hands and they could just fix it. And it might be something so simple. And that's what I wish everybody knew about health in general, is that the body was designed to heal itself. And if you just do the right things, you'll get the right results. Otherwise, your only option is to just listen to everybody's opinion on what they think you need, and you have to do those things. And now you're on whatever medications for the rest of your life, and maybe you don't feel as good. But uh, that's my message, really. That's my slogan, is just know that the body can heal itself by itself. Yeah, uh, here's Liberty Cave. He's been saying, uh, making a, a several different comments in here, Liberty Cave has, but uh, this one here says, my de four decades of work were all about changing sleep patterns. I don't know what uh, they, uh, what, what type of work there were there was, but uh, the best part of retirement is going to bed and getting up at the same time, which is, uh, mm -hmm. I do that all the time. So, um, Yeah, you know, I heard one of my mentors say this weekend in one of her lectures, she's like, why would anyone ever use an alarm clock? Nobody should ever need to use an alarm clock. You just go to bed the same time and your body will just wake itself up at the same time every day. And it's a beautiful thing. We don't have to alarm the body to get out, to get up and wake up. And I thought yeah. that is so true. Like when you're taking care of your body, I rarely use my alarm clock. I turn it on, but I'm up like right before it goes off. Like my body just knows, like, this is the time we get up. This is the hour. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. I think it, I think it's all kind of depends upon your profession. You know, someone like me, I cross time zones and, I'm oh, yes. you know, on West Coast time and 12, you know, eight hours later, I'm on East Coast time and sleeping in different beds and hotels and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yes. So the, unfortunately, the alarm clock is, is is kind of a way of life, but you, you get uh, you get good at, at managing, knowing when you need to sleep and how to do it properly. Yeah. When you have a job like a pilot, I mean, that's a different situation you're in. You've got to do whatever you got to do. To make nurse, sure you make it to your right? flight on time for sure. Or doctor or nurse healthcare is that way too, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I don't know what to, I mean. If you have a night shift, I mean, <laughs> night shifts are the hardest, and people ask me all the time. I work a night shift, so what do I do? And I say, the first thing I do ask is, is there any way you can quit your job? <laughs> like seriously, I, I that's how important <laughs> sleep is. And if it's an absolute no, I can't quit my job, then you just have to manage best you can. So you have to just create the environment when you get home of the dark curtains, the blackout curtains, the fan on in your room, the cold, cold temp, the deep breathing, and you just have to try to get your body to do what it's supposed to do. Opposite that's, schedule. Yeah. yeah. That's why I moved to Arizona because we never change time. I don't have to worry about, you know, having to move a clock back and forth and all that stuff. So it doesn't, never disturbs my sleep. So if, if you're into that, Arizona is the place to be. Oh, don't tell people that we can't, it's getting too crowded <laughs> here. <laughs> everybody's coming here it is yeah. the place to be it is great and if you could be a snowbird that would be the best life of all yeah get out They're, of here for the summer come back for the winter absolutely 
Uh, Liberty yeah. Cave says he, he uh, fishing boats, ships, and then law enforcement. And he says he only sets his alarm for coffee and hair radio, which is a great uh, YouTube show on Saturday morning, Sunday mornings. So okay, what's it called? Uh, it's coffee called and ham coffee radio. And ham radio. Oh yeah. So see that that's cool. That would be kind of like my ham radio net idea. Four a.m. Wake up with ham radio and a workout or something where we all walk together. That's yeah. <laughs> Drink our green smoothie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I know that you're a, you're a, also a life coach in addition to all this health stuff, which we never really talked about how you got into this, which we could give you a minute to do in just a sec. But, uh, yeah. so tell me this, um, it's kind of a, I don't know, maybe, a, maybe a negative way to ask the question, but I think people, it's important to know what, what are the things, uh, the top things or, or the things that come to your mind that, uh, most hinder or, or cause people to not succeed in their uh, health and wellness goals? Well, I think the first thing is they didn't establish the habits that they needed to establish to succeed. That's number one. They used, they practiced those habits, but they weren't consistent with those habits over the long term. And so that was number one. Uh, number two is there might have been something traumatic that happened to them in their past that is coming back up over and over again. And we need to we need to help them with that. So I just try to help them and clear it out and they can move on with their life. Life coaching is really kind of like having a gym membership in a way. We all have a brain and our brain is always thinking thoughts. And for a woman, especially, we think 65,000 thoughts a day. And a lot of those thoughts are negative thoughts. Now, men, you probably don't think not even a quarter of as many thoughts as we think, right? Because I'll ask my husband, what are you thinking? Nothing. There's nothing in there, right? But <laughs> we women are always we're always thinking about our lists, what we have to do, where we got to get the kids, the people we're talking to, our next thing. Um, and a lot of negative stuff comes up for a lot of women. So my clients are mainly women because they have a lot of emotional emotional stuff of, of this perfectionism and people pleasing that they just can't get past. And once we work through that, gosh, it transforms their life. Now they can focus on nutrition and health. They just had these other things in the way that were stopping their thoughts from, from looking at it from a different angle or a different perspective. They kept going to negative land. And so once we can get them out of that negativity, they're easier to move on and apply what I'm teaching you guys today right here on the podcast. It's easier to move forward with even the basic healthy habits when your brain's functioning better and you're clear, clearing all of this out of your body. Emotions actually... There's a book called Feelings Buried Alive Never Die. And what it's about basically is when you have these built up feelings or these traumas or these things that have happened to you, it starts to manifest in the body as disease in one way or another. And so I'll have a client come to me who's doing everything right. They're eating healthy. They're exercising. They're 100% of all the healthy small habits. But now they have a Hashimoto flare up or something is going on. And now we have to get to the root cause. And when I get to the root cause, it was because they said yes to too much that week. They were too stressful. They put themselves in this pressure situation and the body can't deal with that kind of stress. And so that's why they have their flare ups or their inflammation come on. And now they're in some kind of pain or shingles, anything. When someone has shingles or they have anything come up, Sometimes I don't even ask about diet. I just ask, what in the heck was going on in your life? Did somebody die? Did, did you? I mean, and it could be anything. 
but the body feels those emotions and then it manifests through some kind of illness or disease. So life coaching, because we all have brains, I think we all need a coach, someone we can talk to and get all this stuff out and then help us to set goals and move forward with our life. So we're not stuck in the past. Are, are there, are there one or two negative things that you see very consistently that, that keep people from, from meeting those goals? I would say the one or two negative things that keep people from meeting their goals is their brain can't get past the emotion they have tied to certain foods and traditions families or outings, they they keep looking at food as pleasure instead of food as fuel for their body. And so to ask people to give up chocolate or to give up their glass of wine or to give up their alcohol, it's really triggering for a lot of people. And they might commit to it for a week, maybe two weeks, but then their brain starts to catch up. And their brain starts to say, well, this isn't any fun. What are we doing this for? We're doing all this hard work and we're not seeing progress yet. And so they go back to their old habits because that was easier. That was familiar. That's what the brain knows. And the brain loves, it loves security. It loves to be safe in the cave. It doesn't want to come out. It doesn't want to do hard things. It doesn't want to be consistent with something that's a little bit difficult. And so this is what pulls people back is they go back to food is pleasure. Food helps numb the pain. So does drink. And so why would I try to do anything different? Because they don't know yet that their life could be a hundred times better when they're over any addiction to food or beverage. They don't know what's on the other side. They've never been there. And so my job is to help them get there, get to the other side and see how much more amazing their life can be without those things. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So tell us about how you uh, got, got started or uh, how you became involved in, in uh, your business and, uh, We'll show, let me, first thing, let me do this. Let me share my screen here real quick. And then you can tell everybody yep. about how you got, got, got going. So, uh, here's the website and this is the link is down below in, uh, in the stream, but this is her website, health coach Heather. And, and, uh, so if you're interested in learning more, she has this right here, plus lists her podcast. And then she's got a different podcast here on healthy families rule, which what's the topics usually on this one? Um, well, this is where I combine nutrition with life coaching. So we, I do okay. a lot of topics. I think right there, what do we have? Um, we had Mother's Day, how to afford anything you want. I have, I have a lot of people who want coaching, but they, or they want help, but they're like, I can't afford it. I just can't afford it. And I think our brains get stuck in this scarcity mentality and we start to prioritize different things in our life versus the mental health and our body. We don't put money into those things because we just think, well, I've, I've gone this far, so whatever. But um, just teaching people how to prioritize really and how to afford anything they want really in life, how to afford that self-care, how to afford your coach, how to afford a good um, personal trainer if you want one. I give you a ton of ideas, but there's also um, podcast episodes where I just share recipes, share fitness tips. It's mostly life coaching and nutrition is where I share. A lot of it also has to do with how do we raise the next generation to be healthy? How do we help our kids not be picky eaters? Um, how do we, how do we make better relationships with our friends and keep, keep the good friends around, but weed out the bad friends and just teaching ourselves to do that and teaching our kids how to surround themselves, you know, discipline equals freedom, how to, how to be more disciplined with what you say you're going to do. When you say you're going to do something, how to hold yourself accountable to doing the things you say you want to do. 
So it's topics like that. Um, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. That's another topic that's a really a good one. Just teaching kids, the, the people you hang out with the most, that you become like them. So really be careful who you choose to spend your time with. You start to act like them. You can see where your future is going. When you start doing drugs and you start getting into some of these party scenes, it's not a great future. So I just try to teach families how to teach kids and how to help themselves um, be happier and healthier. That's what it is yeah. about. Yeah. Liberty Cave says, oh, nice website. I am a fermented food guy. I never saw anyone recommend it like that first page of yours. Yes. Cool. I love fermented foods. My, my home is basically a science lab over here. I'm fermenting some sour cream right now. I'm making my own huh. creme fraiche is what I call it. But yeah sour oh. cream. We, we always have fermented veggies and kombucha and uh, that kind of stuff around. So I don't know if you're familiar with fermenting. Sourdough bread's a fermented food. Kimchi is a fermented food, but we love them. Good for the gut. Great for the gut health. Cool. All right. Tell yeah. us how you got, how you got started in all this. Okay. Yeah. So my husband's a chiropractor and he um, was in chiropractic school from 2008 to 2012. And it was very heavy nutrition focused. They did a lot of nutrition hours. I love that about chiropractic. It's more of a holistic approach. Um, I love MDs too. Don't get me wrong, but talking to a guy who went to Harvard, he only got eight hours of nutrition in the whole eight years he went to Harvard versus, you know, you get these other guys and it's all you know, physical therapy and chiropractic, it's a lot of nutrition, a lot of support that way. So I got really immersed into the nutrition side. And back in 2017, I didn't know really what to do with my life. And my sister-in-law said, why don't you look into health coaching? And I said, well, isn't that just like a personal trainer? I'm already working at the gym. It's the same thing. She said, no, it's not the same thing. Just go look it up. So I looked it up and I thought, oh my gosh, this is more about just learning all these different ways of eating and helping people find which way works best for their body and, and how to sustain that and how to maintain health for the rest of their life. So I, I enrolled in that school and went there and got certified after a year, went to Master Health Coach Academy and did some more deeper protocols with hormone health and blood type and all of that. And then life coaching just was an easy squeeze in there too. So for the past four five, four or five years now, just been learning some really great life coaching skills to help clients with too. So that's cool. how I got into it was starting out because uh, my husband, he's sitting right there. <laughs> he's, he became a chiropractor okay. and that's how I learned. Yes. Cool. Well, and I thank him for letting, for sharing you with us today. And, okay. uh, that's, yes. that's great. Um, so we're running, we're actually, the hour is almost done if you can believe it or not. Oh um, yeah. I'm looking at the clock. We've yeah. Already so, been. um, really good information actually Heather I, we really appreciate you coming on uh, I don't know have time for maybe one for one more question from Dan and one from Brian if they have any uh, if not then we'll uh, then yeah go ahead Dan yeah so you know food is, is how you know is pretty important and, and I'm not real good at at it especially when I'm out you know I eat one way here at the house and I've tried to when I'm out hiking or something like that take foods with me that are relatively good for you, you know, it, and gives you some energy. Do you have some suggestions there? I do. I, I do because I was just talking to my husband about this the other day. He's and he hikes all the time. And what he says is it's really about when you're hiking and I don't know how far or how long you guys hike, but it's keeping fuel in your body every hour. So a lot of hikers, 
they take uh, they take some whole foods, some good nutritious foods. A lot of people will take a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. They got their carb and their protein in there. Um, but gels and things like that, I don't recommend it. Those ones always kind of make me feel sick and icky, but they can help get that glucose in to give you some energy. As far as sodium goes and hydration, like that's the number one thing. So if you're summiting or you're hiking, um, a thousand milligrams of sodium every hour. So mm. you have a thousand milligrams of sodium every hour. That is really what your, what your body needs to keep going and stay hydrated like big time. So he always has a couple of flasks here. He's got his, he's got his camel back on and he's got a vest on and he has a couple of flasks here and he has a couple more in the back. And then when these ones empty out and he's got his tailwind in there, I don't know if you've heard of that tailwind, but it's a nice electrolyte. Um, he just, he puts the electrolytes in one side and just a water in the other. And he's just squeezing it in his mouth as he goes. And then he swaps those out for the new ones. Um, and you're eating about 300 to 400 calories per hour of fuel. Uh, he doesn't like to take trail mixes because he says they're a little bit heavier. He likes to pack light, whatever he can. So you could pack some freeze dried stuff or just some lighter stuff. So a lot of guys go out there and they'll pack like gummy worms or gummy bears because that gives them a little glucose while they're going. So actually, your red first. hots, your red hots probably aren't that bad when you're up there. Oh yeah, <laughs> red hots. Yes. Somebody. Yeah, I saw I saw all your red hot stuff and That's things. Right. <laughs> I had to laugh at that. Um, but I don't I don't recommend energy drinks. I've just seen too many too many people have told me stories about. They're healthy as can be. They start doing a lot of energy drinks. They're, they're energy drinking up the mountain. Heart starts to go into a rest and they just have heart attacks and they die. And I'm like, what? This is the craziest thing. So I don't know if there's a link there with the chemicals in energy drinks and summiting or hiking or elevation or altitude. I don't know. I have no idea. But I just know that I don't recommend energy drinks if you're going to be doing that just take some whole foods pack as much your jerky sticks maybe you have some boiled eggs with you i would take some protein and some healthy fats and some um my husband loves the potatoes from fries those little small potatoes this is his favorite thing actually it's a good starch but he cooks those up before he goes and puts some butter and some salt on those puts them in ziploc bags and when he's summiting and hiking they they taste the best to him you can just pull that out and get instant energy just from those little potatoes. I have he, to say a peanut butter sandwich, it just tastes so good. It when you so get good. on a summit in the morning, I, I find it amazing. Yeah. yeah. What are those peanut butter sandwiches called? Um, Uncrustables? A lot of oh, people yes. take, oh, yeah. <laughs> take those Uncrustables. Yeah. Of course, being a health coach, I would say go get a nice sprouted bread like Ezekiel, right? Here's what I would say. Go get your natural almond butter or peanut butter and get some raw honey. You have a peanut butter and honey sandwich. Take it up. That would be a healthier choice, um, but that, that would be a good, that would give you some fuel. They say that nothing tastes better, you know, after a, a good long hike than a piece of pizza. Or I know my husband, after his rim to rim to rim, he loves ramen noodles. It just tastes good to him. So, yeah, I, I love uh, the rim to rim. I don't do rim to rim to rim, but I've done rim to rim several times. And it's uh, people I always, everybody I go with always takes way too much food. <laughs> too much too food. Much. Yep. Yeah. Too much food. And if you're not well trained to do the rim to rim to rim, I, I know he said half of the group, more than half of the group, like they were vomiting, they were laying on the trail. And, and it's because it, it really came down to their nutrition. 
and they just didn't fuel their body right. You have to yeah. keep that fuel before, because you don't feel hungry. You, do, you don't, So you feel like you don't have to eat. And then it's been too long and now you're feeling really nauseous and dizzy. So you got to keep the fuel going. And that's why it's a balance between bringing the whole food fuels. And some people love the gels, but just balance it with some whole foods and things like that. Yeah. That's what I would say. Brian, do you have anything before we close? No, I've, I've just been listening to it. And some of it, I'm, I'm like, yep, I'm on that. And that's that's me. And some of it, I'm like, I could probably do that a little bit better. Yeah. 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 Some that's reminders. Cool. Especially the breakfast. Yeah. I'm a big breakfast guy. So I eat a, like, a yeah. high-protein breakfast. Some of the stuff I could do better with. Yeah. Yeah. So Jason Snyder says, need to put some of those links in the notes uh, of all these things. And I do have in below and, and actually uh, Roger says, I agree with that. There's a, the sites there are, there are links below. I'm not sure what else we can link and maybe some of the products that you mentioned or something, but yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, okay. So we're, well, we're at a minute we're at an hour right we are now. At so, the hour, yeah. So um, I know it goes fast, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So what we're going to do is I'm just going to say thank you for coming on the show. Thank Heather. you. I thank really you. appreciate it. If you would, go ahead and tell people what they were, uh, anything else that you want to let it uh, plug or, or, or let them know about your, your sites or anything like that. And then, uh, then we'll wave bye to everybody as soon as you're done. Yeah. If anybody is actually in Arizona, I don't know who's here and who's listening from Arizona, but if you're in Sun Lakes on the 23rd Monday, you come down to the Sun Lakes library down there it's called the ed robeson library and right next to it there's an, a united methodist church that's where i'll be teaching um, a, a, a nice hour or two hour lecture on conquering depression so if you or someone you know has depression i teach i teach you how to conquer mental health naturally so and that's a big issue right now a lot of suicides right now a lot of people it, we don't even need to go there so i try to teach the best ways to conquer any mental mental health stuff going on so come on out there um my detoxes are always a great place to start if you don't know if you want to invest in coaching or do coaching start with just trying a whole foods detox and that's right on the first front of my page right there and i do one seasonally for each season so you can definitely check those out come over on facebook i'm always on there heather mitchell come find me there follow me there instagram health coach heather follow me there i'm always posting recipes so if you ever need some good recipes to try that are low carb that won't spike your blood sugar especially if you're diabetic um come follow me there and get some good recipes the podcast every saturday 6 a.m tune into the podcast it's great so those would be my oh. tips just for people to get started and get on their own health journey yeah okay great all right yeah. heather stick around uh, after we go we go we cut off everything so we can chat just a little bit more and before we say goodbye if your husband is up for it and still sitting there, would you He's have right him here. wave, have him step into this camera and wave real quick, if you will? <laughs> he just barely uh, came in the room. Good. Here he is. Hi. Hey, thank you so much for sharing Heather with us. You bet. Yeah. And for your tips as well. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you. Uh, we'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye, uh, yeah, everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. 73, everyone.